Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And in this episode, and I know it's kind of late, but we're going to be talking about my summer sabbatical and what I learned from it. (laughs) It does sound funny to say that because we are recording that this episode just on the backside of Thanksgiving, but you had a really long sabbatical, so it's not your normal one month sabbatical. You actually took a three month long sabbatical. Oh my gosh, it was really long. Yeah. And you have like some things to tell us about it. Well, I do, but I, I, I feel like we owe it to our listeners to explain why we're doing this, you know, in early December, like we're recording this on November the 29th. Right. Okay, so here's the deal. We have not recorded any new episodes on Lead to Win all fall. Right. And I'd like to know why. I I thought I was fired. (laughs) I thought suddenly this appeared on my schedule to do. But Megan, why don't you tell the folks why we haven't recorded for the entire fall? And in fact, I'd like to know myself. (laughs) I'll get back to you when I find out. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, we've had a lot of stuff going on at Michael Hyden Company. So we have had all kinds of Uh, exciting new things going. We were in the process of developing our strategic design workshop. We just released our full focus planner pro certification. So we have had a lot going on around here. And in fact, we have been working on some fun things with the show, reimagining it. A lot of that's actually going to happen in the new year, but has been in process. So anyway, um, but listen, here's what I know. The people want you back. So so you are back. You are not fired, <laughs> Well, which is good news for me because I like doing this with you. Thank you. I enjoy doing it with you too. And I've really missed doing this because I I enjoy doing it. It just seems like it's one of those easy things that, that in the moment is easy to push off because you got something else more pressing. So anyway, we're glad to be back. We are glad to be back. And I feel like we need some kind of big drum roll or something because, you know, I've been promising for a long time that I was going to have you back to share about your sabbatical before we jumped back into, you know, a regular season. So here we are. We have to talk about it. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on your Stanley mug? And if you got them them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are gonna be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. They're great. great. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. um, And this is going to be $75 off. And you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program, 
we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now. Shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code HOLIDAY10 to get all these deals and more. Okay, so first of all, I want to know, and everybody else wants to know, why three months? That's a, That's like a long time. That's like a it tiny, sounds, it's like a little mini retirement. <laughs> I, I don't really. It, it sounded like a good idea at the time. Okay. So I, I guess this was would have probably been maybe the fall of 2020. And I started thinking about, you know, we're going to make Megan the CEO in January of 2021. She's going to basically have the reins. And so this is just something I feel like I ought to do. I just ought to get out of Dodge, give her a little space. I'm speaking of you in the third person here, which is kind of weird, but I thought I'd get out of Dodge and give you a little space so that you could, you know, spread your wings and do your CEO thing. And plus, honestly, I thought I've never been able to do this before. Never been able to take three months off. And I kind of had sabbatical envy because I had some friends that took three months off and I thought, wow, that's so cool. Because I, as you know, I've taken 30 days off. Every year since we started the company. So that's been over a decade now. Right. You know, some people wouldn't even consider that a real sabbatical. That's more like an extended vacation. And I thought, I'm going to take a real sabbatical, like three months, like they do in academia. So anyway, that's what I did, for good or for bad. Okay. Well, speaking of, give us a little bit of a report. So because of COVID and because travel was still kind of restricted, you know, we didn't really go anyplace. You know, we went to Napa for about four days in June. And that was it. You know, we were planning to go to our beloved Blackberry Farm in August, but we tra- canceled that trip because of COVID. Oh, so hard. And there were, you know, normally we like to go on some extended trip, like go to Italy for a while or, you know, Canada or some someplace where we could really enjoy it. But, you know, travel during COVID is just not the case. So we have this lake house. So we spent a lot of time at the lake house. So okay, I have to stop I'm... you for just a second. Okay. I, I got to get like a before and after. So what did you think this was going to be like? Like what were your dreams for the sabbatical? If if you had said at the beginning, this is what I think I'll come back and tell you when I come back on the podcast, what do you think it was going to be like? What a great question. So I think that my intention was that I'd get a lot of rest and I'd be able to do some things that I couldn't do during the course of my work week. So for example, I signed up for guitar lessons. So I bought a couple courses on the guitar and I thought, you know, I've played guitar since I was 14. So it's like, not like I'm a stranger to it, but I have never really had the time to dive deep and kind of get back to the proficiency level that I had when I was in college. So I hired a local teacher. He was marvelous. So that was one thing. I thought I'll, I'll develop some competency around the guitar. I also took voice lessons because I thought this is an opportunity for me to, you know, improve my singing voice and work with a pro. And that was kind of a funny situation. I'll tell you about it in a minute, but that was, that was an interesting situation. I didn't really see it coming, but when I met this guy that was the voice teacher, I thought I got to do this. Okay. So Um, why do you need to improve your singing voice just for those who don't know? Cause you know, we don't have a singing component here at Michael Hyde and company of what we do. Well, my other career, obviously. We, we, we don't have a musical sideline. 
Well, no, I, you know, I sing, I sing in church, right? So, I mean, it's not like, I'm not in a church where we do solos, but I'm in a liturgical church where I have to sing as part of my job duty as a, as a deacon. And over the course of the last, I don't know, 15 years, I've had some major vocal problems and I've worked with a couple voice teachers, voice coaches, and, you know, I've gotten to various levels of better, but it really hasn't been fixed. And I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent now, but, but it, this had the most, most dramatic improvement ever. Okay. Okay. So then the other thing, third thing I would say, the third concentration for this sabbatical and the thing I was super excited about is at the lake house, I was excited about really digging into fishing. Cause as you know, I like to fish and you know, the, we, the fact that we have a lake house and, you know, we're right on the water. I thought, man, I, it was going to be epic. In my mind, it was going to be epic. So anyway, those three activities were kind of the, the summer. Okay. So you also said you, you thought you could really get some rest. So for you, what does rest look like? Well, I thought I had a goal, believe it or not. You had, wait, wait, wait. You had a goal around resting? Yeah. Yes. I did. I love this. All right. Keep going. Well, it was mostly about sleep. I said, I want to sleep eight to nine hours a day. I just want to see what that feels like to get eight to nine hours of sleep every day. And of course, because I'm not in the business and, you know, there's a certain level of anxiety that comes with running any business, just the stuff that you have to do and the deadlines you have to meet and the projects you have to manage and all the plates you have spinning and all that stuff. So I, I kept thinking, you know, if I, if I didn't have all that to worry about, cause you've got it in tow, then I could really be in a more relaxed, calm state. So yeah, that was part of it. So how much do you normally sleep? Well, since I got back and you've been really making me work hard, because now, <laughs> now I work for you. I never made you work as hard as you make me oh, work Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we'll save that, that debate for another show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit this. Okay. So first of all, please, if you're listening to this, don't send me your books on sleeping. Don't send me your advice on sleeping. I get all that. I know that. Read lots of books get it. I'm totally on board. But I've, I I hate to say when I met with my doctor last week, he was asking me about, about my sleep and I had averaged over the prior two weeks, five hours and 36 minutes <gasps> a night. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is this on purpose? No. You're just having trouble sleeping. Um, here's the thing. I honestly, I've been so excited about my work and there's so much going on at work that it's like my brain won't turn off. And so I, I, I've actually just in the last week gotten control of it and got myself up over seven hours sleep a night. So that's good. But I was literally, Megan, waking up at like two in the morning. Oh, no. 2.30 in the morning. I could get to sleep, like fall asleep in 30 seconds, maybe two minutes, but I mean fast. Yeah. yeah. Annoyingly fast to your mother. But I could get to sleep really quick, but then I wouldn't stay asleep. I'd wake up and I would I would be out here out here in my office, which is behind the house, I'd be out here working at, you know, 2.30 in the morning. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's out of control. Okay. So let's go back to, this was your vision. You were going to do all these things. You're going to rest, et cetera. So what was it actually like to take three months off? Because the people are, I'm sure, assuming that it turned out just like you thought it would. And not so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm i going to just be really vulnerable here. I, I felt like the whole thing 
was kind of boring and a, a little bit, it, it was kind of nerve wracking in another way. I was just like, I didn't have enough to do. Yeah. So here's, here's a couple of things I would say. It was way too long and maybe you have to work up to it, but like, like in academia and I, I'm involved some in that world, but, but when people take a sabbatical, they go off to do something like they're going to study something, right. they're going to get another degree, they're going to write a book or write a series of papers or something, but they got, they got something. It's just a change of scenery and a change of focus, but it's not like they're sitting on idle. Yeah. I'm not made to sit on idle. That right? is the understatement of our lives. <laughs> I, I've got, I've got to be busy. I don't, I'm not sure why I, I don't think I'm a workaholic, but I got to be busy. And, and the pace was just too slow. So that was number one. The pace was just too slow for 30 days. Yeah. But I probably needed to work up. It's, it's kind of like, you don't go run a half marathon or a full marathon without training for it. I think I need a little bit more sabbatical training before I went from 30 days to 90 days. That it's was almost like it needed stretch. to be either longer or shorter. You know what I mean? Like where you could settle into a totally different routine. Like we're doing this thing here where, you know, I'm off for six months or I'm off for a year or whatever, or just do a month. It's like three months is kind of too long to feel like you can be out of your normal routine without structure, but not long enough to develop new structure. Well, and here's the crazy thing about it. I didn't actually get that much done, even in terms of fishing, guitar playing, and vocal practice. Ah, oh, interesting. Why do you now, think- you know why? I didn't have enough to do. Ah. And so what? here's what happens when you don't have enough to do. You say, you know, I don't feel like doing that this morning, but it doesn't matter because I'm off for another, you know, 70 days. I'll just do it tomorrow <laughs> or I'll do it this afternoon. And so I would just keep rolling over these things, procrastinating from one day to the next. And I did, I did make pretty serious progress on my guitar playing, some progress on the vocal stuff, but the fishing, I did not fish that much. This is embarrassing to say I'm on a lake. I got all the fishing gear. You know, I got the boats, I got everything, but I didn't fish that much. Okay. I just so why? why? You got to tell us, why did you not fish that much? I don't know. I felt like it was, in, it, it, it meant an even slower pace you know, it's kind of like I'm already in slow motion and now to go fishing is to like even turn it down even to slow motion of slow motion. But but here's the thing. I, I, I think the big aha moment for me was that I realized that I have a fundamental need and I think uh, it's a human need and that's I have a need to make a contribution. Yeah. And the problem with a 90 day sabbatical is that it was all about me. You know, me fishing, me learning to play the guitar. I wasn't going to perform with it. There was no opportunity for me to, you know, make a contribution of this to somebody else in any meaningful way. Same thing with the vocal stuff. I mean, you could argue indirectly that those might have been helping other people. You know, people didn't have to listen to my bad singing, whatever. But but still, I think at the end of the day, I didn't feel like I was making a contribution. And that felt terrible. And it also it also made me feel like, wow, I would hate retirement. And for all yeah. those of you that are just waiting because you've got some kind of job you hate, you're waiting till you get to the point where you can retire. Let me just tell you something. I, I don't think it's going to be any better. I, I think you're going to, I think you're going to pine for the days when you had a crummy job because at least it gave you a focus. My advice is get into something meaningful, some meaningful work. I think we're born to contribute. And if we're not contributing, it's just not going to be emotionally healthy or mentally healthy. And that's kind of what I experienced. 
That's so fascinating. I mean, I think especially as somebody who is practiced at taking sabbaticals, who has championed this idea of, of taking sabbaticals and had so many great ones, I think it's so fascinating that this was really a flop <laughs> from a sabbatical perspective. You know, like it was not a success at all. I think that's, first of all, hopefully if you're listening, you're like, hey, they don't always get it right. You know, sometimes they try stuff that's a complete failure and and they learn from it. And, you know, that that's true, I think. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend if you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past, but I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the full focus goal setting course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So... Uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer so deal. So it's a killer deal. It's a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, but definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or um, you know whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You can do this from the comfort of your own home. And we'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. Yeah. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. What are your takeaways from this as you thought about coming back? So this was just to kind of set this up. This was part of our succession plan. You know, I became the CEO in January. You are uh, the founder and chairman. You're still active in the business, not at an operational level, but contributing particularly as a presenter, as, um, you know, a brand representative, as a content creator and ideator of original ideas, most importantly, um, a mentor to our coaches, things like that. Um, so kind of, how does that make you think about your role for the future and what some of your takeaways are? You know, before I went on this sabbatical, I had kind of purposed that I wanted to work three days a week. And because we have a six hour work day, you know, that was basically meaning that I was going to work 18 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, here's the, here's the other problem with that for me is that means it's very hard to get into a routine. Because I kind of have my workday routine, which is one thing. And then I had my non-work routine. And plus, because we were going to the lake on the non-work days on part of that, I ended up with basically three separate ideal weeks or, you know, the way the way my days played out. And I didn't like that either. It's kind of like whiplash. It is kind of whiplash. And I, I like consistency. I'm the kind of guy that likes the same thing over and over again. I need variety but I don't need variety in my schedule. Mm-hmm. 
And so like, for example, one of the things that happened, I don't even think you know, I haven't told you about this one, but here's another example where that's played out. So I was kind of frustrated because I, I came back and my workload was, was really big. Um, and so we decided, you and I decided that I was going to work five days a week through this fall. And then after the, the new year, once we've got some of this, these new products that we were launching behind us, then I would come back to four days a week. That would give me three days a week at the lake. And I think that's good. You know, we'll, we'll try it as an experiment. I mean, I'm less confident now that things will work until I actually try them. So one of the things that we decided, I think it was you, me, Aaron, and Jim on a phone call. Just to clarify, Aaron is my chief of staff and Jim is your assistant. That's right. So we were talking about my ideal week. And so somebody had the idea. They said, well, look, when are you the most creative? And I said, well, I'm the most creative when I first get up. So why are you doing your quiet time and your morning ritual and all this stuff that doesn't have to do with creativity? Why are you doing that first thing in the morning? This is Jim's idea, I think. Oh, Jim's idea. Right. And he had, he had read something in a book yeah. about this. And I said, man, okay, that's kind of brilliant because when I do my quiet time, I mean, I'm, I'm doing intake, I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying, I'm exercising. I could do that in the afternoon. Brilliant. And we, you know, we closed down shop, at least theoretically, at 3 p.m. Oh, this this fall has been a little bit challenging with that. But I thought, well, I'll just do it then. And so then I would get up and I would immediately get on some kind of content creation, do something. So I get up at 4.45. That's my normal time to get up. And then I thought, then I, I got to the place after about a week, I said, I got to at least pray first thing in the morning. I mean, that just seems weird to me given my sort of convictions and all that, that I wouldn't at least do that. So I, I did that. And then I got right into the content creation. Now, here's the good news. It was enormously beneficial for content creation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've created so much content, but here's the other thing. My exercise got super irregular, which by the way, one of the things I found out, I had COVID back in September. And one of the things I found out that's a post-COVID symptom is kind of this malaise around exercise and activity. And I feel like I'm just coming out of that. So I, I worked out in the gym today, first time in weeks. So, um, but, but, he, but here's the thing I've, I found is those things that are important to me, those morning ritual kinds of things that I would normally do in the morning, there's a reason I did them in the morning. Yeah. And that's because the, the later I wait to do them in the day, the more likely they're going to be just completely shelved and not happen. Totally. So I said, Forget that. So I so I literally just this weekend, and as we're recording this, we're just coming out of the Thanksgiving weekend. I went back to my original schedule. Now I'm not quite sure how I'm gonna do the content creation. You know, that's that's the thing that could get pushed now because I'm doing it late in the afternoon. But but it's okay. I wanna get that, I wanna get the foundation put in place. You know, I'm actually remembering this conversation. And I think the reason we suggested that, or, you know, we were kind of brainstorming that as a solution is we're trying to figure out you, you decided you wanted to work five days a week, but we were trying to also figure out how you could have a day at the lake where you didn't really have any commitments. And so we thought, okay, you could basically get with our shorter work day, you could get five days of, of work in four days. If you started earlier in the oh, morning, that was it. you know, remember that? And, and so that was our creative solution about that. But here's what I kind of love about this. And I hope you guys listening um, can see this too. First of all, this is not like an easy straight shot. Like when you're in the middle of a major life transition, which is what you're in, right? You're transitioning from one major season of life as a CEO of a fast growing organization to a different role in the organization. Um, you're, you know, just in a totally different stage of life. You're going to have to go through a period of experimentation 
and trial and error to find what works in the new season. And you're gonna try some stuff that doesn't work and that is totally okay. I think the key, and this is what you have done and are doing, is you just keep tweaking and you stay with it with regard to rituals and schedules and routine until you find what works. And it's not always obvious right off the bat. I think sometimes from the outside, this stuff looks so easy, like we just get it right the first time. But in reality, there's a lot of experimentation that happens and not everything works right out of the gate. That's so true. I mean, what we serve up to the public generally is stuff that comes out of a lot of experimentation right? and by necessity, a lot of failure. Yep. You know, I mean, the truth is a lot of the stuff that we try, maybe most stuff arguably doesn't work at the first iteration. But if there's one superpower I have, and I don't have many, but if I ha- if there's one superpower I have, I have the ability to persevere like nobody. I mean, I can stay at something and just hack my way through it until I get it right. It's not talent. It's not charisma. It's not skill. It's just sticking with it. And the same thing is true with this whole uh, sabbatical thing or my workday schedule. It never occurs to me like just to kind of like shrug my shoulders and just give up and acquiesce to the status quo. No, I just go like, okay, we got to continue to optimize. You know, this isn't working. What else could we try? And that's kind of my approach to life. Yeah, I love that. And I I hope it gives you listening just the freedom to tweak your own schedule and keep messing with it until it works for you. You know, I found this when I uh, adopted our youngest daughter with my husband, Joel. You know, I went from having school age kids to all of a sudden being back at the very beginning. And whoa, you know, that was that was a real head snap for a minute. And it took a while to figure out, okay, how is this going to work? How is work going to work? with a baby instead of kids are at school all day. How is, uh, how is work going to work or how is my morning and evening ritual going to work now that I have a baby? You know, that's totally different. And that changes so much when they're growing that first year or two, gosh, it's like every three months, it's completely different than it was the prior three months. So I think life is just very dynamic. And when we try to get rigid, it becomes difficult. So I, I just like this story because I think it gives us all freedom to experiment, which I think is important. I think also you can't be afraid to try new things. Just because something is working at some level, it it does help occasionally. And I'm not, I'm not sorry that I did it. Occasionally it's just good to kind of, to, to mix it up and try something completely new. Yeah. Because if you do that and it doesn't work and you come back to what you were doing before, now at least you have a better perspective on why what you were doing worked. Right. Like I have a whole completely different appreciation for my former and now once again current ideal week, mm-hmm. you know, and it was it was good for me to test it. You know, I stress tested it, and it was good for me to figure out that I need to make a contribution. I never want to get myself in a situation where I'm not able to contribute. I think that's critically important, and it's probably not just important for me, but it's important for those of you that are listening too. And even though you may rom- romanticize or or think romantically about retirement. You know, what I would encourage you to do is to find a job that you really love because you're probably going to be doing some version of that. If you want to stay mentally, emotionally healthy, you're probably going to do some version of that till the very end. And, I, you know, I mean, people make different choices and obviously you can make whatever choice you want, but I got to be in a position where I'm contributing. I just can't sit back and fish and do nothing. That's just, that's just not who I am.
All right. So speaking of contribution, you know, you also had a significant change in your contribution at Michael Hyde and Company. You know, you went from being the CEO to being the founder and chairman. And along with that, your day-to-day responsibilities changed a lot when I took over as CEO. So I think that, you know, it would be fair to say that that created a a little bit of um, liminal space, you know, that kind of in between one thing and not yet somewhere else sort of experience um, for you. And I think people would be interested to hear what was that like for you? What did you experience? And then ultimately, what have you arrived at in terms of your contribution this season? You know, this may be something you want to comment on because you've got maybe a different perspective. But honestly, uh, stepping out of the role of CEO was great. And part of it was that I had absolute confidence in you. And it never occurred to me that like, you know, I hope she gets it right or I may have to step back in. I just kind of like was like, okay, I'm done with that role. Megan's going to do a great job. In fact, she's going to do better than I was doing. So that kind of freed me up to to pursue wherever I, I could be passionate and proficient concept that we have called the desire zone. So as I was thinking about this over my sabbatical and as I thought about it sort of during reentry, and as we began to think about our plan for 2022, I thought, where can I make the biggest contribution? And uh, it, this wasn't too different from what I came up with before we made this transition in January of 2021. But basically, it's around this. You know, my focus right now is content creation, content delivery, which means presentations, you know, webinars, our business accelerator, coaching intensives, whatever. And it has to do with coaching. So that would be the third item where I'm coaching our coaches. You know, I feel like that's the best return on my investment of time. And then finally, sort of this kind of broad general area, but I think it's important is brand representation. So where I'm just kind of, you know, representing the brand in some way, but I think the first three are the the primary ones and the ones where I'm focused. So I think it's important to get clear of that because if you don't understand where sort of the boundaries of your lane are, it's easy to to switch lanes when you shouldn't and get into somebody else's lane. And the last thing I wanted to do, because I'd experienced this firsthand on the receiving end, I didn't want to be, you know, bumping into you or, you know, in some way trying to, you know, getting in your way as you were trying to lead the company. And I didn't want the team um, unclear about who was leading. Right. Well, you've done such an amazing job at that. Honestly, I've had it so easy from that perspective because you've just been nothing but supportive and I don't think there's any confusion and our team loves it whenever they get to interact with you. So it's kind of like the best of all possible worlds, which is is awesome. But I want to go back for a second because, you know, what I also know, what was hard about a three-month sabbatical is that you, so while you were gone, you and I really weren't talking about the business, right? I saw you some, but we weren't really talking about the business. And so you were, you know, you, this always happens when you go out on a sabbatical, you have to get updated on what's going on. You know, you've been away, but simultaneously, a lot had happened in the business. We had, you know, gotten all kinds of great ideas. We were launching new things, you know, big, big stuff was happening. And so there was a transition for you of you had left one job, but you weren't totally clear yet on that contribution that you just articulated 
And so you had probably a month, maybe, maybe six, eight weeks. I don't know. I can't remember exactly where you were kind of in between, you know, and it was sort of that weird sense of, I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm busy, but I'm not like, I'm not quite clear of where to insert myself. And I just, I think that's helpful for people to hear because again, this is part of the process of going through a transition like succession, ultimately coming to a place of making your greatest contribution. Yeah, I think clarity is one of those things that is really important, but is hard to achieve. Yeah. And that's one of those issues where you just got to kind of stay in the saddle until you get it. Yep. Until you get clear, until it gets dialed in. But but when you have clarity, it's an accelerator. Mm -hmm. It makes everything else go easier and faster. Until you get it, it feels just kind of like you're you're slogging your way through a bunch of stuff and you're not sure you're making progress. But once you get clarity, you can really zoom. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's a process. It's not an event. It's not like I, I woke up one morning with epiphany of what I needed to be doing. It was like every day I'm kind of just in the in the background of my mind is this little project about getting clarity about what I'm supposed to be doing. And that just that took a while. You know, that took literally months. And it's good to know that because I think you could easily think, gosh, is there something wrong with me? Am I doing this wrong? The truth is all of us, this has happened to me every time I've gone into a new job. When I've hired somebody in this company in particular, where I've given my job away to someone I just hired and now I'm doing the job I like in air quotes really want to do, right? I always have that moment of, wait, what am I supposed to do now? I knew how to do that job and now I've got to go do this other thing. And it's a little unsettling for a minute and it's normal. It always settles out. You always get clarity, but it takes a little time and you have to allow for that. And I think that's an important um, expectation probably to calibrate on the front end. That's just going to be a natural part of any transition like this. So um, thanks for speaking about that. I think it's helpful for people you know, to hear and, and just have that in mind. Okay, so before we wrap up, you mentioned here a minute ago that you had COVID, which not everybody may know. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this was kind of a surprise because I've been as, vaccinated. As it always and, is. <laughs> as it always is. I was vaccinated since last March. And, you know, I'm in really good health and take good care of myself and all that kind of stuff. So all of a sudden, you know, I tested positive. I kind of, I'd, I'd gone to this event, church-related event. And as I was coming back from that event, by the way, in the car with your mother and one other lady from our church, I'm feeling like my throat's a little bit scratchy and my eyes are a little bit watery and I'm, I've got a little bit of a headache. And it did occur to me, I thought, well, I wonder if I got COVID. Nah, I couldn't have COVID. That's, that's impossible. It'd be more serious than this. So the next morning, I went ahead and self-tested. Sure enough, tested positive. And interestingly, neither your mother nor, you know this, your mother didn't get it. And neither did the lady who was riding with us. How does that work? I don't know. And nobody at the event that I was at, and it was in pretty close proximity, although it was outdoors, nobody else got it either. So I had to quarantine for two weeks. And fortunately, we have what we call in the South, a carriage house, which is just a little bit of a cottage behind our main house. So I quarantined in there for two weeks. And that was- Mom um, stayed in your main house. Yeah. So that's right. So uh, Gail was- in the main house, I was out here, but I was taking all my meals by myself. You know, I wasn't seeing anybody. I wasn't interacting with anybody. And in some ways, as an introvert, it was awesome. <laughs> because I, I wasn't very sick. I had mild symptoms for about three or four days. 
And then it was awesome. I got so much done and I just, I just, I had a great time. I kind of didn't want it to end, but I also say, even as an introvert, I missed a social interaction and especially the last few days, I felt like I was climbing the walls, just wanting to be back into kind of civilization with everybody else. Now, the weird thing about it was I lost my taste on about day four. And to this day, now this was back in September. So here we are at the time we're recording this, maybe 60, 75 days later. And um, I still don't fully have my taste back. I would say that it's back about 70%. And there's some foods that I still to this day can't taste at all. Like that weirdly Mexican food. You think if there's anything you could taste, right? it'd be Mexican food, but I can't taste, I can't taste that at all. That's a real loss for you because that's about your favorite thing. So I know, man. Well, never a dull moment. We had to reschedule an event that we had. I mean, it was really quite the, you know, the upheaval from a company perspective, but um, I'm glad you're okay. Glad I was not a big deal. Thank goodness for the vaccine and all the rest, you know, it was kind of a non-event, just inconvenient more than anything. So grateful for that. So as we kind of come in for a landing here, you know, we should probably address the elephant in the room, which is, (laughs) do we still believe in sabbaticals? (laughs) You know, I had uh, an eventful sabbatical, as if you're a regular podcast listener, you know, I had uh, a rare heart attack right before I went on sabbatical. You can listen all about that on a previous episode, and we'll link to that in the show notes. You had a three-month sabbatical dad that did not live up to your expectations. Okay, so what do we think? Are we in or are we out on sabbaticals? I'm still 100% committed to the right sabbatical. 30 days is perfect, especially if we can travel. I like a change of scenery. I think that's essential going forward. You know, it doesn't have to be someplace fancy, but I want to change the scenery. But yeah, I it is it has not diminished my enthusiasm for sabbaticals. It's just that I probably won't ever take a 90-day sabbatical again. <laughs> what about you? I think we could have guessed that, right? You know, I I agree with you. I think a two-week sabbatical can be valuable. I think a four-week sabbatical can be valuable. I think just having a long enough to really make that transition, particularly from a rest and a rejuvenation perspective, is so important. You know, you just, you need that mental break, that physical break, and it really takes more than a week to do that successfully in the way that we're talking about. And I think, like you said, the right amount of time is critical. You know, if I look back at my sabbatical, I didn't, I I was recovering from this heart attack. So I really didn't do much of anything, which was very difficult. I'm probably not wired for as much activity as you are, but still um, would have, you know, liked to have planned more things, more novelty. I think that's an important component for me that was missing this year and something that I'll really build into the future. But yeah, I'm still for it. I think you just, like you said, it's got to be the right kind of sabbatical with the right planning. Okay. So I want to, you know, ask you sort of your final thoughts here. And I'll get my final thought and then you can give yours and we'll close out. But but I think I, I do think there's a big takeaway here for people listening. And that is, as you said, Megan, we don't always get it right. Life is a series of experiments and that's okay. And I think it's really important that we try new stuff and that we keep experimenting because there's no chance of growth or improvement unless you're willing to experiment and try new things. What are your final thoughts? Well, I agree with that. A hundred percent. I think that perfectionism is the enemy of growth. And I think, you know, you really had an important choice to make 
when you came back from the sabbatical. You could feel bad about it. You could be you know, angry that you wasted time, or you could really see that it was a learning opportunity that ultimately resulted in a lot more clarity for you um, and some important learning that's going to inform your contribution going forward in really important ways. And I think that's a choice that you get to make. And that's a choice we all get to make when we have an experiment that quote unquote fails, right? You know, it's like we're either winning or we're learning. And so I think that uh, you chose to learn in this situation. And that's a great lesson for me to just remember um, it's not all going to be winning and that's okay because the lessons are just as important as the wins. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you for joining us in this episode. It's great to be back in the saddle. It's great to be talking to you guys. Hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Until then, lead to win. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. Yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, and we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on your Stanley mug? And if you got them them on Black Friday, these are different. These are going to be new for the new year. Uh, But they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more.